podcast. Of if we're all in for God, then we can't allow any area of fear to exist in our lives. If we are here to live for God, if we're truly sold out for Him and we're desiring to please Him and walk in the fullness of Him, fear can't have a hold of any part of our life whatsoever, not even the fear of death. And so today we're going to be talking about overcoming that. Yeah. And the fear of death is kind of, I would say that, if I remember correctly, Pastor Brian had said that that's, that's the theme that you can see in every single ounce of fear. Yeah. Because it's, it's the fear of not being with God. You know, it's not, it's, it's I, I got this, I don't need him. And it's just, you know, the fear of death is, hey, what happens if I'm not here? What happens to that? And it's just, you're just kind of like, man, what happens to me? What happens to my family? What happens to all those, you know, all my friends and stuff like that? And it's just kind of like, it doesn't matter. It, 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 it doesn't matter at all. Because with God, there is no fear at all. With, with, love, with perfect love casts out fear. And so that shows you right there, you're not supposed to live in it. Even the fear of not being here. Well, and you look at the world that we live in, you know, basically everybody watching, we just came through COVID and all the garbage that was the year 2020, what was being attacked? You know, people stopped assembling for church. They were willing to stay home and not leave their homes, wear diapers on their face, like do all sorts of crazy stuff. And the government was willing to enforce crazy mandates all in their mind for safety and self-preservation and protection. But really what was, what was pushing that agenda? agenda was a fear that people had gripped of dying the (laughs) i heard hannah yep it it was it was fear of dying that people were being faced with and what we ended up seeing in the church is we saw a separation of people who talked a good talk but didn't have fruit and people who had some revelation on what we're talking about today And people who had revelation of what God has to say about death, they weren't hiding in their homes. They weren't scared to come together. Why? Because there is a greater level of operation in the kingdom. Yes, we all experience physical worldly things, but God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God's ways are higher than our ways. And God has, through Jesus, we have overcome death. And you can put that in the comments right now. Through Jesus, we have overcome death. Death as the final thing, we've overcome it. There is no longer a sting of death for the believer. Jesus has removed the sting, the pain of death. And for believers, we just walk right into our eternity that we've already received in making Jesus our Lord and Savior. There is no fear of death that we have to take on ourselves jesus broke the back of it yeah and it's and it goes back to you know what's paul right he says to be absent uh, from the body is to be present with the lord you know so why yeah. why would there be any fear in that yeah. it, you know it goes back to kind of with the fear of missing out well there's nothing to miss out if you're with the lord <laughs> there's nothing missing nothing broken yeah and it's what we've been saying all week long the central theme to overcoming fear is being with the lord is fellowship with him. The more we spend time fellowshipping with God, the more we know him, the less fear has any place, the less fear has access to any place in our life. Because he tells us in 1 John 4, 18, that the one who fears does not know love because perfect love casts out all fear. That's why we said Monday, and we've been saying it every day since, The principal way to cast out fear is through fellowship with God. And you can put that in the comments. The principal way to cast out fear is through fellowship with the Father. So the more I know the Father, the less scared I'm going to be of what comes next. The less scared I'm going to be of the unknown. Because he, Brother Tracy was ministering it all last week. To unlock the mysteries, to, un- to for us to understand, making the mysteries of God plain and clear. 
See, God doesn't want to be mysterious. No. God wants to be understood. Yep. He, he's had me pray out several times that God is like the worst hide-and-seek player of all time because he wants to be known. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't want us to look at the unknown and fear it. Through fellowship with him, the more we understand his character and nature, the yep. more we know the love of the Father, the less scary the future becomes because we know if God's ahead of me in it, it's only going to be good. Yep. So if God is ahead of me, it's only going to be good. If God's in my eternity, yep. my eternity is only going to be good. <laughs> but so many people haven't fellowshipped, haven't known that that's available to them. So death seems like this great, big, overwhelming final marker. Death is not the end. Physical death is not our end. No, it's not. And it goes back to lack of trust. You know, if you trust the Lord, then it doesn't matter. Then it goes back to the fear of I'm not here. What's going to happen? It doesn't it's if you go if you trust in the Lord, it you trust that the unknowns are okay because he is the known. Mm -hmm. He is the one you put your trust in, not your circumstances, not what you can do, but your trust is in him, so there shouldn't be any fear at all. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I mean, that's because they something. I mean, it's true. There shouldn't be fear. And yet, Matthew put in the comments that sometimes it's the feeling of Paul. You know, when Paul is wrestling with his flesh mm -hmm. and he's like, the things that I want to do, I'm not doing. Yeah. The things I don't want to do, I am doing. So I think that everybody who's on the broadcast right now, and if you're on, just put your hands up. YouTube's being a little weird again. Um, so just let them know that we're here, that we're receiving. Thank you, Abby and William, for physically doing it. I appreciate your literalism. <laughs> Luke somewhere is very pleased with you. Um, <laughs> I think everybody that's here and watching and receiving this word has been faced with that temptation to fear because it's one thing to know it in theory, mm -hmm. to have it in our heart as a, well, yeah, I shouldn't be scared of it. But when we're faced with the reality, when we're faced with death as a potential, there's, it's got to be real in the depths of who we are. And most of us have not had to face that. So most, like, I remember that was the principal reason why I didn't want to get pregnant years ago is because I was scared of dying in child of childbirth. I thought that would be the end of me. And so I would look at, well, what happens if I die in the middle of childbirth? I'll miss out on my family and my child. And it was looking at self. Mm -hmm. See, all of this fear that we've talked about all week long, it comes because we're looking at our temporal selves. That's really good. Yeah. If we're looking at what we see, yeah. it's obviously going to it could discourage us. But if we're looking beyond, no matter what we see in the physical, the beyond for the believer is only good. There is no negative up ahead of us. There's not. Because for the believer, our promise is eternity with God. Mm -hmm. So no matter what I see physically in front of me, yeah. I like we as believers have to get to the point where we're training ourselves to see beyond the situation and into the spirit. We're not, we're not flesh mm -hmm. holding captive a spirit. Yep. I'm a spirit being who yeah. has the opportunity to live in the flesh. Yeah. But I'm not my flesh. Yeah. My flesh died. Yeah. Someday it's going to go in the ground. Yeah. But my spirit being, when it got born again with Jesus, eternity started right then. Yeah. And I'm not going to skip a beat when my body goes to the ground. I'm going to go right from here and continue on with Jesus. Yeah. I yeah. don't stop living. Yeah. The real me is eternal. Yeah. Yeah. And you said that about uh, going to the ground. It reminded me of... Um, and the Holy Spirit was bringing it up as you were talking. Uh, one of the instances that I had where I've, I've actually had to put down that fear of is when I went to airborne school. I was in the army, and one of the no, one of the yeah, you uh, were. I was. That's why I was wearing my flag. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> and green. <laughs> and uh, and so we, uh, one of the opportunities you got to go is go to different schools, and one of them was airborne school. You, you just walk out of a plane and, and with a parachute and it opens. Yeah. And so 
I really felt it was Lord's leading for me to go through that school. And that's trust right there. Because not everybody does that yeah. or wants to do that. And I nope. did. I disliked uh, heights at all. In fact, if you go to, sorry, I just hit the mic. Um, <laughs> if you go to like a mall or something, you peer over that second floor and you kind of look over what's down there. I don't like to do that. Um, so anyway, so this was a big thing going, okay, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go walk out of planes now and with parachute. And so I had, uh, you, you go through the training. It's a three-week training, and the first week you, you learn how to fall correctly by falling for an entire week. Lots of Motrin, lots of, lots of ibuprofen. And then the second week was learning how to do it correctly. So the first week you learned how to do it, and then the second week you learned how to do it correctly, and then some other stuff in there. And then the third week you actually walk out of the aircraft. And so that, that first jump, it's a huge one because yeah. that's the principle you're talking about. You're like, all right, this isn't normal to propel yourself out of an aircraft 129 miles per hour and, you know, throwing yourself at the, at the, at the wind. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was, you know, I was, I was shundying in that airplane. I was praying in the Holy Spirit and everything. And then all of a sudden those doors opened. And so was there, well, everybody else was thinking the same thing. I don't know if everybody was praying or not. But then all of a sudden those doors opened up and a peace hit me, just an absolute peace. And the, I believe the Holy Spirit showed me right there and said, I'm right out here. I'm right here. Just come to me. And so that's what happened. That's what I did. All that peace hit me, and I walked out, and all of a sudden it was just a wonderful thing that I'd started doing for the other 19 years of my life. Yeah. And it was, but it was, it was that, that, that feeling of, man, should I do this? Should I not do this? But once that peace hit, it's the peace of the Lord. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Of course I trust in Him. I don't, it's not a matter of what. You know, who packed my parachute? Were they okay when they did that? Who inspected that? Who did this and this and this and this? It doesn't matter because I trust him. And, and then once I once he reminded me that, hey, he's right there, everything else is golden. Yeah. Everything else, everything else didn't matter because my trust is in him, and I did it for, you know, almost 20 years. Again, but it was that initial I trust in him because there's a ton of unknowns when you do this, and there's lots of different things that can, that can happen depending on what you're doing. And there's legitimately thousands and thousands and thousands of things that, that, or hundreds at least, you have to, that happen. It doesn't matter. You don't control any of that. What you control is your trust, and you trust in Him, and everything else works fine. Well, it's in Him that we live. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. don't forget the rest of no. it, but I mean, we can camp right there. Yeah. In Him, we live. We don't die, we live. In Him, we live. Yeah. In Him, we live. Yeah. In Him, we live. Put that in the comments. Yeah. In Him, I live. John 10.10, 10, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we may have life. life. Yeah. In Him, we have life. Yeah. And life in abundance. So in Him, if I'm abiding in Him, like you're talking about, mm -hmm. if I'm in His will, if I am born again, obeying Him, flowing with Him, yep. I will only face life. Yep. I will only walk through life. Yep. Death may be around me, but I won't fear death because I'm going to live in Him. It's not even an option. It's not even an option. No. The only no. outcome for a believer who's in Christ is life yeah. that's it yeah. that's it and that peace comes also from being in him see mm -hmm. again going back to a few minutes ago fellowship is the principal yeah. thing to kick out fear yeah so if we're experienced and use that as like a red flag trigger warning william was talking about it on monday like what do i do if i face fear let this be a red flag trigger if i have the emotion of fear cross my pathway that's a red flag to me that i need to get into fellowship yeah. right now fear should always be an indicator that I need to run to the father mm -hmm. that's why he tells us in Hebrews that we are to draw boldly to come before the throne boldly in time of need fear when we're faced with it that's a time of need because it's trying to tempt us out of fellowship with God so yeah. when we face fear, we're to run to him. Yep. And one of the fruits of being in him is peace, yeah. love, joy, peace. Yeah. That's why it tells us in John 14, verse 27, peace 
I give to you. Peace I leave with you. I mean, yeah. it's literally peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. It's not going to be a little dabble, do you? No. It's an eternal abiding peace, and it comes from being in him. Yeah. He says, do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Meaning, temptation to be troubled, temptation to carry on weight, mm -hmm. temptation to be fearful will come, but our responsibility is to receive that peace. How? By stepping into fellowship. Yeah. That's how we overcome fear of everything. Yeah. Is by stepping into fellowship. Yep. Yeah. And the uh and it, it's funny you had mentioned that too is because it, fear is a I still want control of this area. For sure. You know, fear is I don't trust you in this area. So it's a red flag. It's an indicator of, hey, guess what? God, you're not in control of this area of my life cuz I want to control it. Mm -hmm. You know, and the scripture talks about the peace that, you know, the world gives you. Well, that's fleeting. Yeah. That's based on conditions. And that is very, very temporal. And the peace of the Lord is not. Yeah. It's, it's based on Him. It's not temporal at all. Yeah. Well, and like it, it makes me think of back when you and I were just starting to get married. And in, in both of our lives, you know, our parents had both gotten divorced. And we had both like undergone different moments where people had left us. So there was a temptation for both George and I to fear the other one leaving. Yeah, like both, both of us faced that throughout our relationship together. And the way we overcame that, and there's still been temptations that have tried to come up every now and then just to get us to bite on to sure. them, yeah. to get us to be baited by them. Yeah. But we overcame those through fellowship with one another. Mm -hmm. A temptation may come, but the more I know George's character and his nature and his resolve to live by the word and his commitment to the Lord and to me, the more I know him, the more I'm able to place trust in the commitment that he made. If I can do that with just a t with just a man, great man, but just a man, how much more can I do that with the father? Yep. It's the same sort of principle. The more I became to know George, the more fellowship we had together, the fear of death in our marriage, the fear that our marriage would die and that our relationship would die, that fear became less and less and less and stopped being able to move me and instead a resolve that said we're going to endure to the end. Yep. Our marriage will not fail. It will go strong, grow stronger day by day. Our marriage will be a beacon and a light for the lost because I began to dispel fear through fellowship. And it's the same way when we're looking at our physical lives. See, when we look at the character and nature of God and we begin to see his promises and his character and nature, I mean, what's the principal verse that we all learn in Sunday school when we're kids? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomever believes in him would not die yep. like I mean it may, it may be a fancier word when we're five parish may seem bigger but it means die yeah that anyone yep. who believes in Jesus should not die yeah. would not die yeah these are promises of God that in him there is nothing yeah. that can separate us from the love of God no height no depth no thing present, nor thing to come. Death cannot separate us from him. Nope. Yeah. You know, 1 John 4, 18, there's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out all fear. Mm -hmm. Whoever loses it in Matthew 14, 25, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever chooses to believe... You, Jesus, are more important than my physical life on this earth. We're going to find life then. We then get to become inheritors of life. Mm -hmm. When we look in 2 Corinthians 2.14, thanks be to God who's always, always. leading us to triumph. Yep. In Him, Acts 10.28, or... Yep, Acts 10, 28, in him we live and move and find our being. He's not a God who seeks to kill. Yep. He's a God who gave his only begotten son and fixed every single broken pathway so that the world could walk on an easy and light path, path to life eternal. 
That's his desire for us. Yeah. He doesn't want us to die. He yeah. wants us to live now, yeah. and he saved us from an eternity of hell. Yeah. That's who he is. Yeah, and, and he talks about, in Scripture, where it says, hey, you know, a good father is going to, who gives it, what good father will give his kid oh, a okay. slice of bread? <clears throat> a slice of bread. You know, it was a, how much more is he? How much better is he? How much more gooder? Is yeah. he, you know, that is, that's his love. That's what he is. Yeah. He is so faithful. He's so faithful. And like we were talking about this in the office today before we came into the word. See, we've been so carnally minded yeah. that we've looked at death as this end point. Yeah. No one ever dies. Like, again, we're a three-part being. That's yeah. why understanding that message, the three parts of man, is so important. Because while, yes, we have a corrupted flesh, we're not the corrupted flesh. Mm -hmm. So the corrupted flesh absolutely has an expiration date on it. Yeah. But I'm not my flesh. Yep. Yeah. I am not my flesh. The flesh is not the real me. Yep. It's not what I can see. The real me is the spirit and spirits. Man is made in the image and likeness of God. Man or God designed man to be eternal. Mm -hmm. So that whole like sci-fi Hollywood of drink this and you'll live forever. Like you're immortal. We are immortal. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we are. Yeah. We were designed to be eternal. The only question is, where are we going to spend our eternity? Yep. That's the only question that's left. Every person on this earth that we could ever look at, they are an eternal being. But their final destination is still up in question. And the only way they're going to end will end with a peaceful, joyful, love-filled eternity is if we make Jesus our Lord and Savior. And the moment that we do, our eternal track gets turned from the sure damnation and hell that we were heading toward and it gets turned into life and peace and love and joy that's why we exist but if we're so carnally minded and that we're focused on what we can see in ourself we'll end up missing our whole eternal commission of going out and winning the loss to jesus you know abby abby shared on tuesday about how she used to be scared of people and that fear, had she allowed it to stay, it wasn't just an attack on her. That fear was attacking the destiny of so many other people that Abigail's going to preach the gospel to. Because if that fear kept her looking at her carnal self, that it would have been a fear of death, of what's going to happen yeah. if I stand up in front of other people and what are they going to think about me and what's going to happen. It's a fear of death. A fear of, of death of her pride, of death of her image, of whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And yeah. how many people's lives, eternal lives, would not have been able to be influenced by her? Yeah. See, we've got to get past the carnal. We've got to get past what we can physically see with our eyes. We've got to start looking into the spirit realm at situations yep. and see there's a bigger play that's at hand. Yep. Destinies, yeah. eternities are hanging in the balance. Yeah. yeah. And you keep, if you keep your eyes focused here, if you keep your eyes focused on the flesh at all, then you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. You're going to you're going to fail. It's going to whatever it is, it's going to fail at some point because our eyes are not fixed on him. We can't always go to triumph if our eyes aren't fixated there. Yeah. You're not going to win the race. You're not going to finish the race if you're oh what's all that over there? Oh what's this? No, you keep your eyes here. You focus yeah. here. And that's where you 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 know whenever you run or shoot or whatever, where your eyes go, the rest of your body's going to follow. Yeah. You know, so if you're going to keep looking behind you, it ain't going to work. Yeah. If you keep looking behind you, it's just going to slow you down. Yeah. You know, if you keep looking to the left, to the right, whatever, but if you keep your eyes fixated on him, that's where the winning is. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> that's where the winning's done. Yeah. Is that, you know, and that where is life? Life is there. Life is not around you. If you get pummeled down by the circumstances, you're not looking at life at all. Yeah. You, you know, or you're looking at life, but you're not looking at him. 
at all. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, you, the waves and the storms, and you get tossed to and fro. You keep your eyes on him. That, you know, that's where the winning is. Well, and that goes hand in hand with a verse that the Lord was showing me earlier today, Matthew 10, 28, mm-hmm. where it says, and do not be afraid of those who kill the body, yeah. but are unable to kill the soul. Yeah. Rather fear the one or fear him who is able to destroy both the body and the soul. Yeah. And base, it's not saying be afraid of God, but have that holy reverence that looks like fear yeah. toward God. Basically keep your eyes not on the one who's only able to touch us carnally, mm-hmm. but has no claim over my spirit. Yeah. Serve the one who created it all and with a breath of his nostril could snuff it all out. Mm-hmm. Serve him. Yeah. He's what we should be focused on. Yep. He's what we should be reverent toward. Yep. Not someone else, uh, someone else's actions. Yeah. Like you think of all of, I mean, the things that you and those that you know in the army have done and have been willing to do, they're brave. Like I used to mock like armies and military and nationalism, whatever. And I'm not saying that national pride of America should trump the kingdom. Obviously not. But it should be a representation of a willingness to lay one's life down for their brother. And that willingness that you all have demonstrated time and time again of I will lay down my life for something greater than me is absolutely to be respected and honored. And so many people have not made that decision in the kingdom. Yeah. They'll look and think it's just the few, the proud, the chosen. And we're chosen by God to do the same thing. I'm to lay down my life for my neighbor. Yeah. I'm to live to serve them. And that's what that's what the Lord's looking for, is he's looking for somebody to do that. And he's looking for somebody to do it. It's you know what, what Pastor's talked about, about that person, he's not looking let me make sure I say this right. He's not looking for the, the person that's best right there. He's looking for the one that consistently does the right thing over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And and that's what are they what is what is he talking about? He's talking about putting his life down over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Why? Because he doesn't want to let God down. Yeah. You know, it's 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 just that simple. You know, you do that to make sure your buddy your left, your right, they can depend on you. Well, God needs to depend on you. Yeah. So how does he depend on you? By putting your life, you know, or by putting your your flesh life down. Not your life down, but your flesh life. Yeah. Say it doesn't matter. What matters is you. Yeah. That's what's important. Because in him is fullness of life. Yeah. Buddy asked a question in the comments, and I, I want to hear your, I have an opinion. I want to hear yours okay. um, as well. Buddy said, what are y'all's thoughts on those with a fascination of death? Is that a manifestation of a fear of death? Thinking of shows that people watch that glorify death or are full of it? I think it's a spiritual pull. I think that it's... Um, you can go to the left or right. There could be a ditch there, and it could be just a fascination of death. What is it? It's a separation of, you know, your spirit from your flesh. Okay, and then just kind of go down that route instead of. I mean, but it goes back to what the pastors talked about before. Does it, who gets the glory from it? You know, is God getting glory from that? No. Then you know that it's probably not something you should do. Well, and it normalizes it. You know, we, yeah. we've talked, I think we just said a little bit ago about how no one ever really dies. So we're made eternal spiritual beings. Especially in a so, movie. so no one ever really dies where we cease to exist. Yeah. However, the reason that death is important is because it's that final opportunity for someone's eternity yeah. to be decided yeah. like that's what happens at death eternity is decided forever mm-hmm. and so we can either go and be with the lord which is what he wants or we go and we're separated from him and his love forever once death happens we're there are going to be people that face jesus and realize what they've done realize what they chose to ignore and they're going to be set like it's going to be terrifying like the, i was reading some of the scriptures to william before the word started today it's not hell's not a party we did a broadcast with hannah and pastor a few weeks ago hell's not a party no. it's eternal separation yeah. from anything that's good it's torment it's torture it's fire it's eternal separation from any good thing yeah. it's not going to be fun it's yeah. going to be torture 
Yeah, it's not a party. It's not. And so what happens, I believe, what happens in watching these shows where death and gore, it's just normalized and we're watching, you know, we're playing video games where it's just killing and killing and we're hearing stuff on the news where we're just intaking death so much, it normalizes it. And it's, oh, well, someone died. No, no, no. What's the, what just happened? Someone's eternity was just impacted forever. Death should not be a normal occurrence. We as believers should be doing everything at the leading of God within our power to go seek and save so that death can be a celebration. Mm -hmm. Funerals should be celebrations because we know where the people are. They just got their eternal reward. That's what they should be. They shouldn't be times of sorrow. They should be celebrations for them because they just entered into the good of their master. But if we're just looking at the carnal and focused on the carnal and focused here, we're missing the spiritual reality of what's taking place. It's not what we can see with our eyes. Death isn't rigor mortis. Death is I'm either in heaven or I am in hell. It's not what my body is doing. I left it. My earth suit is left here and funeral homes are taking care of it. I'm not here anymore. So that part of death and dying and sorrow and anguish, that's carnal. That's focused on carnality, not focused on the spirit realm of what's taking place. So like George said, I think that there's a spiritual root to it, but I also think it normalizes it. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. And, and the more you kind of dwell on that, the more it becomes desensitizing. Sure. You know, and you're talking about the video games. It's an excellent point. And some of the movies are out there and you're like, oh, that's a headshot. Oh, that's five headshots, whatever. You know, and but then there is also the other ones that it's not just Hollywood, it's what's going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. And if if you if you look, you can yeah. find things that are out there that show real life situations and the results Don't of that. Don't look for it. And what happens, that yeah. becomes that desensitizes you. You know? And that in that you know, it goes back to what are the gates and go into your heart. It's your eye gate. You know? And you see things and you hear things and you're like, man, that's going in here. Mm-hmm. So what do you want that in here? Because now you got to deal with it. Just like yeah. Pastor talks about is, hey, you know, I accidentally saw this thing and now all of a sudden, you know, it was posted in front of me and now all of a sudden I have to deal with it. Yeah. It goes in here. Do you, does, does God want you to have yeah. to deal with that, to go through that process? So all of a sudden it becomes, well, what's my why? What is yeah. my why for doing that? Pastor talks about that all the time. What is my, what is the why? Yeah. So, and the devil will absolutely throw that out there. Oh, it's, it's a little curious. Oh, it's, and you got to watch out for that too. It's it's the little things that that string along, and all of a sudden, you know, it's just this little degree, bam, bam, bam. All of a sudden, you're out here, and you're like, oh my gosh, how in the world did I get out here? Yeah. Well, it's because of all these tiny little decisions you made while you're there, where it might have just been ten percent bad and ninety percent okay. Now it's ninety percent, whoa, buddy, and ten percent like. Eh. So it's just yeah. the little things that go along that, and and that's. So. Well, and. I had something. It'll come back if I need to say it. It's it, God wants us to focus on things that are worthy of praise. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's what he wants us to focus on. Yep. Things worthy of praise. He doesn't want us to focus on carnal. He wants us to focus on things worthy of praise. And here's what it was. Thank you, Lord. Someone else's story is not necessarily our story. Unless we prophesy it on ourselves. So a lot of times, what I, in my experience... When I've been around people who have, you know, been really into the horror film stuff, gore shows like that, where it's really bloody and whatever, a lot of times those people have been searching for answers, whether they've known it or not. Yeah, they've been yeah, insecure absolutely. in their fellowship with the Lord. They they haven't understood what's up ahead. It's unknown. So what what their brain, what I've found in my experience, in it's like their brain is trying to fill in the gap of what is death actually like? 
because there's a lack of fellowship. Sure. All of this, again, it all goes back to fellowship. The principal way to kick out fear is through fellowship with God. So because there's a lack of fellowship, there's a hole there's a void of trust. There's a void of that security. And instead of going to the source that's designed to fill us with hope and joy and comfort and peace and allowing us to face the future with hope and confidence, logically, they're trying to be their own source and trying to understand it so that they can figure out what death is going to be like so they sure. can prepare themselves for it. Yeah. And in preparing themselves themselves for it, what they're actually doing is they're prophesying into their own life how they're going to die, what it's going to be like. Is yep. it going to hurt? On a very small scale, I saw people do this in childbirth. Like I said, that was a big deal for me. I was I had so much fear about that. And I would watch as people would speak over their own pregnant. I'd watch them because I, I did not want a yep. bad pregnancy nor a bad childbirth. So I watched people. People. And they'd talk about how much it was going to hurt and how difficult it was going to be. And they'd watched XYZ story and they'd read XYZ thing and they'd been researching and researching so they knew what to expect. So they knew what it was going to feel like and what yep. was it was. So they had all of these ideas in their head and they started manifesting them. Sure. Because the tongue is the hand of the spirit man. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks because they'd been putting their mind to something. They'd been putting their mind to touch things that weren't necessarily God. They may have been fact, but they weren't truth. Out of the abundance of their heart, they began speaking it and prophesied into their own pregnancy. This is hard and heavy. Yeah. And so... I began to watch it. And when I got pregnant, the Lord told me, do not read anything unless I tell you to. Yep. Do not watch anything unless I tell you to, yep. because I am going to be your teacher on this. Yeah. That was so good. And there was so much more peace that came from it. Yep. So what I would, what I would say with all of this is, is what you said, is God leading you to watch it? If God's leading you to watch it, then there should be fruit that comes from it. But if the fruit is logic, if the fruit is fear, God's not necessarily in logic. God's not in fear. So if that's what's coming out of it, we need to judge where, what's the eternal fruit from it. Yeah. Yeah. Abby has something. Yeah, and right on that note, uh, we see in Romans 8, verse 2, it says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. See, as soon as we accept Jesus as our Savior, Jesus died so that we don't have to live by the law of sin and death. So literally, as soon as we become Christians, death is not the same for us. We literally, even the experience of our bodies dying and our spirits going to heaven is different than the world. So we could look at the world and see how, you know, to the world, death seems scary because if you're not saved, well, that's it, it means you're going to hell mm -hmm. ultimately, like. Just to be blunt with you, yeah. it is it is a scary thing to the world. So Christians so many times look at that, look at the world and see how scary the world says it is, and then and then put on fear and have gotten so scared about death that well, there is no fear in perfect love. So by putting on that fear, they've literally pulled themselves outside of yep. God, outside of fellowship with God yep. because of that fear of looking at the world. But legally, as Christians, we don't live by that law of sin and death anymore. Death isn't the same. We see in 1 Corinthians uh, verse 55, it says, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? In verse 56, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. We see that what makes the body dying and the spirit going somewhere else scary and painful is because of sin. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we're saved, that's not us anymore. We, that is completely, legally, that is not a part of us anymore. And I've heard so many countless stories of people who have maybe been in the medical field or something and had the opportunity to be with someone as they were passing away. And 
I've heard of the, the Christians, when they've passed away, it has been so peaceful. I've literally heard of people when it was their time to go smiling and laughing. And, I mean, we see the story of Stephen. He, they, it was like he fell asleep. He was laughing. He saw Jesus. It was such a joyful thing. There was not even the sting of death. There was not even the sting of pain or sadness or anything. But, but on the other hand, the people who weren't saved, it was a scary thing. It was frightening to them because of what it meant. The reality hit them. But as Christians, truthfully, we don't have a right to be scared anymore. We don't have a right to fear death anymore because the same way that we shouldn't, as soon as we become Christians, Jesus died so that we can go to heaven. So we don't have to question, am I going to heaven? Am I not? No, Jesus died for you to go to heaven. As soon as you receive him as your savior, you're going to heaven. The same way that that shouldn't be in question, we shouldn't question fearing death because Jesus died and he took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. So it's, it's not a part of us any longer. It's legally, we've got to see in the word, it's legally not a part of us any longer. Mm -hmm. Well, and the word tells us that we're supposed to be ready to give an account for the hope that's within us. Yeah. If, we're, if the world has found it normal to fear death, and they should until they get born again. Like, like Abby's saying, it is a scary thing because hell is not a fun place. And their spirits crying out to be saved. It, if the world is in fear, we are the solution to fear. We have it in our hands. We are supposed to be ready to give an account for the hope that's within us. So we should be the ones who are walking around with so much confidence and peace and expectation. So that way, you know, like out the funerals for believers should like I'm thinking a friend of mine, her husband died in a horrific accident a few months ago, like way before he should have gone. It was the thief, the enemy being a dirtbag yeah. and stealing what should never have been allowed to be touched. And I have watched her choose to put on joy, choose to have a funeral where they're celebrating him, singing, when I die, let me die, speaking in tongues, choose to praise his life, choose to go on rejoicing, yeah. choose to raise her kids in joy, like put up pictures where the kids are celebrating. And, you know, I think the last thing they did, one of the last things they did at his funeral was, or it was a couple days after was his birthday, I think, or Father's Day something. So they wrote him letters in heaven and they sent balloons up in the sky just as a symbol of their trust of where he was. What's she doing? She has three young children. She's teaching by example. Though the world would say that we just suffered an immeasurable loss and we should be crippled right now, we're not going to live crippled. We're going to live with expectation and hope. Her life right now is literally something people are watching because she's choosing to put on joy and hope when the world has none to offer her. Because she has something that's beyond what the world has. And not just her. We have something beyond what the world has to offer. The world's resources are limited. But the believers have a supply of hope and joy yep. no matter what we're facing. So our response, hear this, our responsibility as believers is to conquer the fear of death by receiving Jesus's victory over over it so that we can then through the power of the anointing and the Holy Ghost go into the world and set the captives free there too. Yeah. No one in this world is designed to be bound. No one in this world yeah. is supposed to be chained and lost. This world was designed by God to be set free through the power of Jesus. Yeah. And if we'll allow Jesus to set us free from fear, fear of man, fear of calling, fear of 
death, if we'll allow him to obliterate fear in our life, then we become those that God can use to send into the world and free the world too. Because it's not just about us. It's not just about what we see. We're designed to be the ones to go into all the world, preach the gospel to the lost and give them the hope that they're longing for. Hear that? The world's longing for this hope. The world is longing to know you don't have to experience suffering. You don't have to experience the sting of death. You don't have to go to hell. Hell will not be fun for you. You'll be tormented forever. But there's a better way that you've already gotten a free ticket for it. It's got your name on it. Every price was paid for you to go first class there. There's a mansion being fashioned for you. You've got a job in heaven. You've got a position in heaven. You've got you have fellowship in heaven. We're going to be rejoicing and enjoy and laughing and celebrating every single day of eternity. There will never again be a tear that slips from our eye that's what we're supposed to go into the world and offer them is that hope that in heaven there's no suffering anymore in heaven but how do we do it we overcome by the blood of the lamb by the word of our testimony and the part that few preachers ever read because they love not their life even to the death we chose to view ourselves in comparison with God, mm-hmm. and we said, Jesus, I love you more than I love my own mortal life. Yep. This life is a vapor, and I'm not going to love a vapor more than I love my king. I'm going to serve you with my whole heart. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And there's a lot of times people, you know, we go back to what you had said about the preachers. You know, it's a vapor, and it's, people think it's, oh, I lay down my life. Oh, if I get into a gunfight or a sword fight, I'm just going to, you know, get, you know, run through or whatever, but it's not that. It's the daily choices. It's the daily choices of, of am I going to give in my flesh here or am I going to not? Am For I going sure. to Am I going to give in my flesh and do this thing that I want to do or buy this thing or watch this thing or listen to this thing or am I not? And it's those daily choices that put your life down. It's, it's, yeah. and it's your flesh life, not your real life. Because, you know, just like you're talking about, well, there's, you know, believers, there is no choice. It's because you trust in him. You trust in him, and that's where the joy is. You trust in him, you're not going to lack anything. You're not going to meet without anything because you know him. It's the yeah. fellowship with him. And you're like, okay, well, I got this because he's got this. Yeah. It's not, I don't trust in my abilities. Sorry, Sammy. I don't trust in my abilities. I trust in him. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where everything is. That's where all my answers are. That's where all my provision is. That's where everything that I could possibly need is. Yeah. Well, and... Look, we're going to pray, and I, before we pray, I want to speak to people who have made the decision that Jesus is the Lord of their life and their Savior, and yet that fear has tried to come to tempt you out of believing that you're actually saved. Mm -hmm. The Word says that we need to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in our heart that Christ that Christ was raised from the dead. That's it. Yeah. Believe, yeah. confess, go bear fruit. That's that's it. The moment that we do those things, the moment that we confess and believe, we were translated. It was like the great, it's the greatest miracle that will ever happen in our life. We were on a pathway to hell. We were sinners. We were enemies with God. And yet all God required we do is believe that he loved us enough to send a son to die for us. And that we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, that he was the son of God. Yeah. And that he created a pathway for us. That's all God requires. That faith. That faith in his goodness and his love. You don't have to do a whole bunch of stuff to earn it. You don't have to do any stuff to earn it. You just got to believe it and receive it. And so those thoughts that come at night, I know because I had them. Freshly saved, not even freshly saved, years down the road, when you hear someone talk about hell and the reality of eternity starts to hit you and it makes you wonder, am I actually saved? Am I really going to make it? 
Just the fact that we're asking and we're concerned shows that there's a love of God. Just the fact that we as believers are like, God, have I pleased you? Have I really? That's, it's just torment. God doesn't send that to be like, are you sure you meant it? Mm-hmm. No, he's looking for every legal spiritual loophole to get his goodness to us. That thought that says, you didn't really mean it. You may not have done it right. That's not him. That's the accuser of the brethren. That's a demonic lie. Yep. And it's not something we have to listen to. That's not from your Lord. Your Lord does not talk that way. God does not talk that way. He's not a God that uses fear and he doesn't plant it. So he's not going to speak to us with it either. If you confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you are in. You're in. You were chosen by God. You didn't even choose him. He chose you. We just received it. And there's no earning that has to happen. Now, at this point, we're going to pray and just solidify that. So, Father, for anyone Mm -hmm. who has desired you, has chosen to make you Savior, I ask right now that a fresh wave of confidence in their salvation comes now. And just pray with me and say, Jesus, today I make you fresh, the Lord of my life. October 26th is the last day I'm going to fear over my eternity. Over my turn. I make a decision now that Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my Savior. You're calling the shots. I'll be obedient. And I am no longer going to allow fear to have a voice in my mind. I refuse to listen to it. I refuse to yield to it. I refuse to be moved by it. I'm not scared anymore. I receive your love, Jesus. I receive your love, Father. Jesus, Jesus, fill me today, fill me today, fresh with your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit and your fire, and your fire, overflow me, overflow me with your love, with your love, with your fire, with your fire, with your spirit, with your spirit, and let and let let your love flow out of me and onto others. Let your love flow out of me and others. Lord, for everyone who just prayed that, today's the last day. Harassing voices come to a close today. No longer will they grip men and women. No longer will there be the fear of, am I really saved? We did it today. We confessed it with our mouths. We believe it in our heart. And now we choose by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to go into all the world and bear the fruit of repentance. We bear fruit now. And just put that in the comments. Make that your declaration. I'm going to bear fruit today. I'm going to bear fruit today. What is that fruit? Peace, hope, joy, love, confidence, expectation. A lack of fear is fruit. So it's not going out and leading a mass crusade. No one's saying, go be Reinhard Bonnke now. But what we are saying is, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's fruit that we can produce now that Jesus is our Savior. That fear, it's all done. It's not ours anymore. It doesn't have a grip in our life anymore. Jesus broke it right then with his anointing. Yep. We just received that so that those voices that may try to come at night, we just cut off their power supply. So if they try to come, done. Step into fellowship. Step right into fellowship and laugh at them. Ha, ha, ha. You don't get to talk to me anymore. Ha, ha, ha. You don't get a voice anymore. No, I'm done with that. I'm done. Fellowship kills fear. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Amen. Do you have anything else, babe? No. I think you said it great. No. <laughs> Amen. There's, Dabby, do you have anything else? Uh, Go for it. 
Uh, the last thing I wanted to say is I, I was telling the staff a story as we were talking about uh, going into the broadcast today. And I know it's silly, but truthfully, it, it goes right into this topic. Uh, when I was little, I played soccer for many, many years, and I loved it, but I never could give it my all. And why I couldn't was because I was scared. Ultimately, I was just scared of getting the ball kicked and, you know, getting hit in the nose, <laughs> honestly. Uh, so it always stopped me from giving it my all. I would I would start to, you know, just be like really aggressive and just go after the ball and then I would that would flash in my head literally every time and even as silly as that seems, it was demonic. I would see that flash, you know, the ball like coming and smacking me in the face and I would I would step back because of that fear. And ultimately, I mean, that was just a fear of, you know, death to my nose, but it was still a fear and it was demonic. And the point I want to make is it held me back from giving my all to that thing. And while that, you know, you know, little league soccer might have not been that big of a deal, your calling is, your life is a big deal. And fear in any area, fear of death, which could seem like a big thing, or fear of whatever, is ultimately something that's trying to grab a hold of you, if you will let it, and hold you back. Because if... If we're saying, Lord, and we're wanting to give him our all, but if we've got something that we've allowed to grab a hold of us and hold us back, then we're not truly able to give it our all. And as, you know, Barrett quoted in Revelation, it's talking about the apostles. And it says they loved, they were able to overcome because they loved not their life even unto the death. They had stripped off everything that had tried to been a, tried to be a fear and grab a hold of them they cut it off it could not have any part in their lives any longer they were able to overcome they were able to give their life and calling and the mission that God had laid in front of them their all their whole focus because they weren't allowing anything else any fears to hold on to them and to hold them back well, what if this happens? And that hesitation, that's all, that's all the enemy wants. It's just that beginning of hesitation so that he can hold us back. So I, I just wanted to share that because no matter whether it's, you know, what it is, fear, as we've been talking about all week, and especially the fear of death, is an attack against your life and against your calling. And we must take it very seriously that I'm not going to allow this to be a part of my life. I'm not going to allow it to hold me back, not only just for myself, but for every single life that the Lord has called me to touch. I need to be able to give it my all. Amen. Amen. Well, we thank you guys for being on with us today. We're excited about tomorrow, too. So if you haven't heard, tomorrow we're going to have a special guest here with us. So make sure that you're here tomorrow at noon. And I like truly, I have such an expectation for the people who have watched these broadcasts and placed faith that this is the week that things change for me. Yeah. This is the week that fear is gone. I'm done yeah. with it after this week. It doesn't yep. get to move on with me. Yeah. It lays in the in my past. And put that in the comments. Fear is in my past. It's not in my future. Nope. It yeah. doesn't get to go into my future with me. It's finny. Good, good. <laughs> Way to bring it back to international chat. Oh, we were talking family chat. We were talking about Italy. I know, it's that's what I mean. <laughs> So if you are looking to sew today, you're welcome to do so. You do not have to. This is a broadcast that we sew freely into all the world. But if the Lord's laying it on your heart and you know, I something just happened in me. Something's been happening in me. I need to sow seed into the ground that the grace of God is being ministered through. Then feel free to do so. We, we encourage you if God's speaking to you to be obedient. That's all we ask obedience. Yep. So you can go to give www.org. You can scan the QR code and it will take you to any of our giving platforms. And again, I'll say if you 
have seed that's outside of the ordinary and outside of the common. If it's not just money, but God has placed something in your heart that you know you're to sow, whether it's your time, a resource that's something other than money or, or, or just something outside of the ordinary, we'd encourage you reach out and contact us and we'll help you walk through. What's that uncommon seed for? Is it for you to plant here or is the Lord trying to get you to do something else with it? We look, we're a ministry where we love helping people. Yeah. Like I, that's the heart of our pastors. I've never seen anyone other than Pastor Brian and Pastor Nicole. So, so much time into ensuring that people are able to hear God's voice clearly for themselves. So it's not bothering us. Yeah. Like (laughs) that thought of, oh, I don't want to bother them. This seems weird. You're, it's not a bother. You're a part of our mission. You're a part of our vision. You're a part of the family. We love you. So if the Lord is leading you to sow something that seems uncommon and you're not really sure what to do with it, please reach out. You can do so by sending us an email, by going to our website at whatsright.com. Our email is hi at whatsright.com and you can send us an email right there directly. If you know us, feel free to reach out to us. But we just want to help. God gives seed to the sower. He doesn't say what seed. He just says seed. So if you've got seed and you want to know what to do, reach out, let us help you. But today for every person sowing, blessed in the name of Jesus. Let it be pressed down, shaken together, running over. Let today's seed break the back of fear over finances. We're not going to be bound with a lack. We're not going to be bound with fear of lack. We are not the poor trying to get wealth. We are the blessed of God and our seed is blessed of God as well. So we thank you. We thank you today, Lord, that we have your supernatural blessing upon our finances and we shall not fear lack ever again. Not when your very name is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So thank you, Lord, that today you provide the blessing back to the people. It's coming running over. It's coming quickly and it's coming abundantly in the name of Jesus. So be 